so I guess now we'll get into the manifesto. Alrighty, fanatics. I know this is what you're all here for. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is what everybody says. So in case anyone is not aware, um, this past WrestleMania, I did my own fantasy booking of it, and because it got such great response, I have decided that I would do the big four pay-per-views and do my fantasy booking for each of them, which I have aptly named the Manifesto Part 2 SummerSlam 2018. So basically what I do is I take the card they currently have, and I book it, fix it. Some of them I book into the future, some of them are very big. It's a very long card. And Katie got very drunk while she was doing this. So, um, me ladies, strap in, get ready to have your mind blown. Wow. So basically I have two themes throughout the night of SummerSlam that I want to keep in the back of your heads. One is Will Paul Heyman turn on Bork. And number two is Authority 2.0. Do you guys know what the Authority is? Yeah, with Stephanie. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I literally just copy and pasted this card from some, I think it was CBS Sports. But on this one, they had Rusev and Lana versus Cian Almas and Zelina Vega on the kickoff show and the B team and the Revival on the kickoff show. Um, but so starting off, I'll just do Rusev and Lana versus Almas and Vega. So basically what I would do with this match is, to be honest, I would have this be the shortest match on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. The mixed tag matches are just... There's not a whole lot you can do. They're always so awkward right? because they... It's got to be the women in the... Yeah, game. that, I mean, if yeah. it were, like, you know, Lucha Underground and stuff were, you know, it it would shit, I feel like they would have more fluid, a lot better matches. But they're really awkward, like, so yeah, let's yeah, keep it short. It's weird. Um... So, and I literally typed this out, because this is part my thoughts, part my inner commentary when I type these. Um, so, I can't believe that I typed this, but I actually would kind of follow WWE's idea with having the splintering with Aiden English and Rusev. So basically, Aiden English would come out to make the save, he'd ruin it somehow, and then I'd have Rusev just full on heel turn. Mm-hmm. You're already kind of doing it, and I know that kind of is weird with having almost be a heel but he's not turning on Alvis, he's turning on English, so... Yeah, so it doesn't right. matter. Right. So, yeah. um, Rusev, after English causes a match, Rusev will take the pin during the match, um, which makes it even worse. Um, he gets angry, and Vega and Alvis Rusev Vachka. Vachka! <laughs> um, and then a defeated Rusev would snap and beat you out of English. Bop, bop, bop. That would be your feud going forward. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then I did the B team versus the revival. Uh, so in this, I actually did book the revival to win. Um, and the reason why I did this is that even though I actually really do like the B team, comedic tag teams are great, but unfortunately, on both brands, the tag champs just suck right now. Like not yeah, that the B team's mm-hmm. bad, but like they're not. They haven't. They're really... not great. Yeah. yeah. So with that. Especially another reason I think the B team should have the tag titles. I just don't think this was the right timing. After coming right. up with the leader of worlds and then having the B team have it, it's like the belt doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, well, when you have like a, a hokey gimmicky team have the titles, unless they're gimmicky like the way New Day is gimmicky, unless they're strong and gimmicky, like you can gimmicky, it, it kind of lessens the yeah the. the Seriousness of it, importance of it. So, since this is also on the kickoff show, I'd have this actually be the longer match on the kickoff show. 
And to be honest, I think the two teams could put on a really good match. The Revival is great, and the B team are really good wrestlers. Um, and I think you could have a minute to showcase everyone in the match. Um, and I actually would have the Revival win clean, even though they would be the heels in this situation. Um, it doesn't need to be an elaborate match or anything like that. Uh, I feel like you could even maybe afterwards not that night you could even do a comedic heel turn with the B-team. Like, they think they're bad guys, but their bad guy evil shenanigans are just, like, basic pranks on people that they think are really evil, but everyone else is like, I what is wrong with you? That. I kind of think really that cute. would be really funny for... And they would do that really well, I think, as well. Yeah. That would be funny. I think that's really cute. And then I afterwards, like um, you could set up the revival versus Authors of Pain, um, and then maybe even after that you could do whoever wins that versus American Alco whenever Jason Jordan comes back. And that's how you get your tag belts back to a degree of mattering. That's <laughs> your realness, seriousness. Because I just both, both right now just are not. Like the same time last year, the tag division was on fire. Right. Yeah. And now it just doesn't even. But um, I would just at some oh. point during the pre-show, I'd have you see Paul Heyman backstage, and he's with Bork. And he's telling Bork that, you know, their plan on Monday worked and it went down perfectly and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, we make a great team, Bork. And Borky Boy would stop him and be like, everything I said two weeks ago still stands. We're not friends. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get that through your head, I'll fire you and you'll be living on the streets since I'm your meal ticket. Oh. And then Bork would walk Night off. <laughs> and the camera would pan over to catch, you know, Haven sitting there in shock. Within the first split second, you'd see him kind of get himself back together. You'd see a little bit of a smile play across his lips. It's got very detailed for a minute. Evil. Evil, <laughs> Evil. Heyman. Um, you see the worst of Paul Heyman. <laughs> so then I had Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulag um, for the Cruiserweight Championship. And this one I didn't really get too much into detail. You know, just Gulag versus Alexander. The whole not being a high flyer versus being a high flyer. Play that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did book Gulag to win just because he's been doing very good. He's really good on the mic. And Cedric's had the belt for a while, I think. Yeah. It's, you gotta shake two or five up live up a bit to make it relevant. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I had Shinsuke versus Jeff for the US title. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, this is one of those matches that I think actually doesn't matter how the match itself goes. Um, so, I mean, of course you want to put on a good match, um, but I think it's pretty obvious that Shinsuke should come out the winner. Um, but I feel like what's more important with this match is what's going to happen after the match. Uh, so I'd have Shinsuke come out looking strong. He would control the majority of the match, um, because he needs to be booked strongly after his weird-ass weird, weird-ass weird he has had. Yeah. And to be honest, after I feel like, you know, the whole... Like Shinsuke versus AJ turned out to be really good, but it started off mm-hmm. slow. Yeah. Before that, we didn't just... get the match we should have gotten the mini and all that kind of stuff. And even before that, you have him with Jinder and just like shitty booking after shitty booking until you got to that point. Mm-hmm. So I think he needs to be booked strongly, and he kind of deserves that. Um, so at one point, I would have Jeff manage to sort of swing the momentum of the match in his favor, um, probably by hitting a twist of fate or something like that. As he's going to go up for the swanton bomb or the whisper in the wind, whatever's tickling his fancy that night. 
Randy Orton's music would hit. Mm. You know, Jeff gets down from the turnbuckle and starts looking around, expecting the RKO out of nowhere, because that's Randy Orton's signature, so he's uh-huh. like, which way is this coming from? Uh, while his back is turned to Nakamura, he doesn't see him recovering. Turns around, Shinsuke hits a Kinshasa, gets the pin. Shinsuke would retain, go back up the ramp, slowly Jeff gets up and looks stunned and upset, and then there's the RKO out of nowhere. Uh, there it is. No, yeah, it's because, you know, the Viper has voices in his head, and he's all about that mental game. He's adorable. <laughs> the face. All about that mental game. So, that Shit. way you get the RKO out of nowhere, but he kind of uses it against Chip. Gotcha. And he dips to it. Dips to the RKO out of nowhere. All the layers to the Viper. There's a lot of layers in this night. He's just shedding this layers. This night turned into, like, Vipers are like onions. <laughs> This night of summer slam really turned into like an episode of Game of Thrones for me. Yeah. <laughs> it got intense. Um, there's a lot of backstage parts in this too. Uh, so at this point after that, I'd have a small snippet of Triple H and Stephanie backstage with Constable Corbin and KO just kind of talking. Mm-hmm. Can't really hear what they're talking about until the camera gets a little bit closer. But at the end, you hear Stephanie say, do we have a deal? And then both KO and Corbin shake her in Triple H's hand. So then after that, you have the Bludgeon Brothers versus the New Day for the Tag Team Championships. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is easy. Take the belts off the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> nothing about them is working. Like, I think Harper and Rowan could be used way better elsewhere or a different gimmick. I'm not sure, really. But what they're doing right now just isn't working. I think they should have pushed a little harder... With um, Luke Harper by himself, they yeah. should have pushed him a little more. I thought he was great. I thought he was great. No, that's what I, I really just think. Creative needs to take a step back and think about how to use them, whether it's going to be together or separately. Like, yeah, what you're doing right now, just, it's not, is working. not working. Yeah. It's not working. Um, so obviously, I'd have the New Day win. Um, they have booked the Bludgeon Brothers super strong, so you can't really just have the New Day run over them because then it just makes no sense with everything you've had happen. Yeah, all and the fluidity's sake, you know. You kind and of even against it. jobbers, but all the wins that they've had leading yeah. up to SummerSlam, they've at least got to look strong even if they don't come out with yeah, exactly. the other end as champs. So, you know, put on a decent match, but it doesn't need to drone on. It doesn't need to be the longest match of the night. No, definitely not. Um, I would have the New Day win clean, though. No heel turn, no shenanigans. Just straight up win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we get Finn Balor versus Corbin, which is where things are going to get interesting. <laughs> Literally my first point to this is, okay, even I am a little baffled as to how to fix this. <laughs> my next point was, <laughs> however, I do have a plan. <laughs> Um, so before the match begins, I'd have Constable Corman come out with Kurt Angle. Um, Kurt seems a little downtrodden and announces that Stephanie McMahon wishes there to be a special guest referee tonight in this oh. match. I guess it's going to be, it's time to play the game. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> no, shit's about to get real. Um, so basically I'd have this to be the establishing of authority 2.0 as I'm calling it. Right, okay. So... Because you've got your constable and you've got your... Yeah. So Finn is going to come out and look incredible during the first part of this match. He's got an answer for everything that Corbin's throwing at him and stuff like that. And Triple H actually doesn't interfere in the match for the most part. This is important. There might be some slow counts or slow counts for Finn, fast counts for Corbin, but he's not 
physically interfering with what's right. happening in the match. Right. Um, so Finn seems like he's going to win clean against the constable. He's going to get to a point where he goes up for the coup de poop. And he hits it, <laughs> and he goes for the pin. But Triple H pulls Finn off of Corbin before he counts to three. The first time he actually physically gets involved. Gotcha. So Finn and Triple H start squabbling and shoving a bit, and Triple H does not go further than that, though. Okay. As Finn goes to turn his attention back to Corbin, Corbin hits him with the end of days. Finn kicks out, though. The match goes on, with Baron being a little more dominant than he was at the beginning, but Finn keeps ki- kicking out. Um, so this is going to result in Baron going to the outside and getting a chair and hitting Finn with it and getting a win. But since Triple H is the special guest referee, he does not call it DQ. Okay, that was about to Okay. The reason why I don't have Triple H interfere is because I feel like it is very important to note that Triple H isn't getting too physically involved. That shows that even though this might be the authority that it's new brand of the faction, that it's got a different tone and a different flavor to it. <laughs> I mean, Trips is getting older. It's so playing a different game. If you... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with the authority, it's still about dominating the WWE with the superstars that Stephanie and Triple H want on top. But they're and they're not above cheating and cutting corners to do that. But they are getting older, so it's more like them showing these guys how to do those things than it is them actually physically getting involved with that. If that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, I just got distracted by a doodle of hers with somebody with no hands. <laughs> like my hands. <laughs> Just glancing over as I'm listening. I'm like, what the fuck is that? All right. It's a very much a weird. Like, this is my conscience. If you're <laughs> it's getting much weird. It's like, oh no, I've seen her doodles. I know what they're about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's more just about Stephanie and Triple H showing them how to do the loopholes, how to do the cheating and the cutting corners. It's more of them giving them the tools and they teaching need. them mischievous lessons gotcha. than it is them actually enacting them. Or physically getting involved in yeah. that. Yeah, and okay, and so you know how the B team has like they're trying to worm their way into everybody's gimmicks before finally leaning on their own thing. And the whole thing about them like thinking they're doing bad things, but it's really just real basic shit. Could be like this, like, look, we're worthy of being in the authority. authority and they're like, and, see, because I've been tying all of that. I love it. I love it. Keep going. Mower. <laughs> I want mower. <laughs> Very good. Um, so then I have the women's championship, which is Carmella versus Charlotte versus Becky. So, in all honesty, in my opinion, as long as Carmella doesn't retain, it's going to be a good match. However, (laughs) I am going to... Sorry. Right? Like, as long as that happens, it should be fine. But, um, however, the way I'm going to book this is I am going to book it with Becky winning... Right now, I just feel like she needs something, and Charlotte just had the belt before Carmella, mm-hmm. so there is plenty of time to get it back to Charlotte before WrestleMania, which is well, what yeah, and plan with is Becky, yeah, with Becky winning, there's you could do a whole Becky and Charlotte feud up to Evolution, and have a big title match between the two of them at Evolution, maybe as a main event or something. Well, I don't think they would main event over Ronda. Probably not, but, no. but it they'd would be, still be a really good match. That was, but they'd be the runner-ups. That was a little bit of my thinking, but um, I would have Charlotte and Becky work together at the beginning, kind of, just to kind of keep Carmel out of the picture. Like, almost them, yeah. you know, each one wants to win, but almost them saying, if you were to win, that would be better than her having it. Yeah. Sort yeah. of thing. Um, Get her out of the way, and then it's down to the two of them. 
so yeah, I kind of have them going into the mindset with that, like, as long as Carmela mm-hmm. doesn't retain, it, it couldn't be too terrible to lose, right? Um, but towards the end of the match, I would have Carmela get knocked out somehow and somewhere, and then um, you have Becky and Charlotte, they have a wonderful little bout. And at the end, I would have Becky win with a submission and a disarmor on Charlotte, getting the win, da-da-da. Um, with Becky winning against Charlotte and actually submitting her, it gives her a little bit of a lift up, uh, and she kind of needs that. Um, moreover, how I would kind of just book that woman after that, the woman's year after that, um, I'd give Becky a few just kind of filler feuds. But um, you have Asuka take the belt off of Becky at some point, give Asuka a decent reign with it, and then you go into WrestleMania with Asuka versus Charlotte 2.0, with yes. Asuka having the belt instead of Charlotte. Oh, that would be beautiful. Um, and so I would because, say that uh, I would not so do the Rousey versus Charlotte, which is what a lot of people are thinking that they're going to do. Um, just because I actually really love Ronda Rousey, and I love Charlotte, but I think it would be a better match with Charlotte versus Asuka than wasting Charlotte with Rousey. Even though I love Rousey, mm-hmm. not, she, there's no way by the end of the year she's going to be on Charlotte's level. Exactly. No, so it no. wouldn't be like a full experience kind of match that you're wanting because yeah, right. But no, Oscar and Charlotte. And I think it's something good. that they could do eventually, but you're gonna have to give Ronda time. Yeah, she. I mean, she just had her first like televised like match, like on Raw. Her first, like this, what, like her third. Actual match, match. She had two before that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, like anyway, somewhere not If you can count them on one hand, she's she's not ready for Oscar. No, she's not ready for Charlotte. <laughs> she's not ready for Oscar. Uh, but I just, no, I just realized that was her line. I just think this whole push to make women's wrestling more relevant. Yeah, I think Charlotte and Oscar is going to give you that impactful match, not yeah. Charlotte versus Rousey. No, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, um, after that, I have Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. My first bullet point is eight years in the making. Um, so I literally said this is a little hard to book without knowing that Daniel Bryan's status is going to be if he's going to resign or not. So with this, I'm working under the assumption, obviously, that he is going to resign. Gotcha. Um, well, people are saying that he has, but... They're saying that he probably has and that they haven't announced it yet to make it a thing. But, um... So this match to me needs to be lengthy. It's eight years of animosity. This oh, needs to be a lengthy. This can't. Match. Yeah, it this really, can't be like yeah. some quick one and done. Like it's got to be. Yeah. People will riot <laughs> if they make it anything less than grand. And I mean, obviously, I would book this to be a very close match. I want there to be plenty of time to do almost all the standard things that you think are going to happen, which is like the uh-huh. it kicks versus the yes kicks, and the yeah. you stole my moves, man. To be honest, I think I'm going to set this up to be a wonderful story arc for Daniel Bryan. So <laughs> I actually did book this to have the Miz win. Literally, okay. I said, but Katie, how does it end? <laughs> like, I really want you guys <laughs> to read this. But how does it end, Katie? <laughs> so so, so like, <laughs> points like it's me talking to myself. Yeah, it is. It's Katie <laughs> 2 and Katie 1. Um, so I said, as weird as it sounds, I would actually have the Miz win, which I feel like maybe isn't as weird, seeing as how actually a lot of people pick the Miz to win. But yeah. um, how it's I would different. set this up is he wins, not cleanly, but at the end of it, he thinks the Miz thinks he's finally washed his hands of Daniel Bryan. 
I won, this is it. So this sets up for my story arc. Um, so, yes, bad things must happen to tell some of the greatest stories in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> this night, one of those bad things happens, and that's misleading. Um, so since Daniel Bryan seems to have lost some steam since his return, like, he had some wins, but mm-hmm. here lately, you know, Team Hell No, he's been losing a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's going on a bit of a spiral. He's defeated, he's returned to the thing that he loved, but for this, for all these losses, like, yeah. why did I even come back? And so I feel like that sets up for a wonderful redemption arc that mm-hmm. can last the whole year. And I feel like yeah. in the year you have him and Miz kind of coming in and out, not like big, huge full and feuds, but kind of yeah. tiptoeing around each other. And that sets up for WrestleMania against the Miz. Like a slow burn. Yes. Not like a quick. Yeah, because then it wouldn't. I got you. Okay, sorry. Like, it's I'm thinking like they're keeping out loud, each other but the are not because they're not full-on going at each other necessarily. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I think that sets up for WrestleMania for you, which is where the big burn burner match would happen, and to be honest, I would have that happen for the WWE Championship. I'm not sure how you take it off AJ or how you make that work, uh-huh. but that's something that needs to be for a true championship title. Like, okay. not mid card. Yeah. That's gotta be high card. Mm-hmm. It's just that caliber of Who do you think would go into... I mean, not knowing how exactly they would do it, who would you want to go into Mania with the championship? Who would you want I'd to have come out of it? I'd have Bryan. Come out. Me too. Me too. Because that's... <coughs> yeah. It makes sense for him too. And he has... He's so good at having those types of underdog moments. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be so good. Or you could even have him win the Rumble. Miz has the belt and win the Rumble. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you know that shit's coming. And then you're just like, oh shit. And then it's like months <sighs> Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's fantasy booking. That, fantasy you booking. burn a little hotter, burn a little hotter um, until you get to the mania. So after that, I have Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins. Um, so to be honest, I think it's going to be a great match. Anyways, um, I'm not going to book the actual flow of the match because I feel like if I was actually on the writing team, I would trust these two guys to put on a great showcase with my outcome in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people are expecting a Dean Ambrose turn, and I'm actually going to book it that way, but not in the way people would expect. It. Okay. Um, so I imagine this is going to be a close match. Um, this is kind of going to be a little reminiscent of the Triple H thing, not because Dean's going to be in the authority. But Dean's not going to get involved unless McIntyre gets involved. He's right. not breaking up pins. If it's a clean pin, if McIntyre's getting involved, he's making sure McIntyre's not affecting the outcome of this match. Gotcha. Um, so basically, Dean is there to essentially just keep it a one-on-one match. Yeah. Um, so towards the end of the match, Rollins throws Ziggles out of the ring, and Ziggles accidentally knocks McIntyre out. Rollins tries to capitalize and finish off Ziggles. Ziggles manages to evade. Rollins ends up getting... Hmm. Ziggles ends up getting a pin with pulling on the tights, but Dean does not interfere. Uh, He'll win, but Dean does not interfere. It's one of them. So Ziggles and them go celebrate or whatever. Dean gets in the ring on the mic and says, you have no one to blame but yourself. Implying that Dean kept it a fair match. You lost this one your own. Uh And then... I wasn't here to interfere. I was... I was here to keep him on one. Right. And then he would go on to say something alluding to the fact that it has something similar to do with the fact that Dean had no one to blame but himself for not seeing Seth turn on him for the shield. Gotcha. Dean turn. Yeah. So, did actually... You say, I, did you say Dean turn? 
Dean turns. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dean turns. To be honest, actually, I have. <laughs> actually, what I would have had is Dean get in the ring, and say you have no one to blame but yourself, not explain himself until the next night on Raw. Gotcha. So on Raw, he'd be like, so sure. you turned on me, and I turned on you. <laughs> His yeah. wife interviewing him. What did you yeah. mean? I leave it a little aloof at the period. Oh, gotcha. Um, so then I have Brown versus Kale. Things are about to get very interesting. <laughs> so originally I did book this match with both outcomes, but with how I needed my night to go, I really ended up booking this match with the KO winner. Mm-hmm. But I have a part later on where Brown somehow did win this match. Little cash in. How this would work. Gotcha. Even though in this part of this I didn't book it. <laughs> I gotcha. So, again, we're way more interested in the outcome of the match than the actual match. Um, if KO were to win, I would obviously have it be via shenanigans. Also, there's, like, a list of, like, Strowman can only win with a pin. Like, there's no DQ or anything like that. Not that that matters. Um, but, you know, have it having it be via shenanigans, it helps protect Strowman, still makes him look strong, but it also rids him of the briefcase, something that he never needed to begin with. Um... Yeah. I just, and again, even though he's so over, I still don't think it's personally his time to have the belt yet. And the reason I say that is because when he gets the belt, it needs to be a lengthy run. Yeah, the there's no way that you that can't, unbeatable. yeah, you can't you just have him lose it. You can't no. have that coming off of a fork ring. Yeah, because yeah. then you just would almost be like, really? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's gonna like get two it. two long reigns. You right, can't right, do that back together. Back. You have to break it up with at least one. To be honest, I think I said I would at least like to see two or three people hold it in the year before Brown got it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily long. Small. But, uh, no, you have to have at least a few people between that. Right. And that's that's why I did that, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> why wouldn't you do Brown? Well, this is fine. Well, um, but yeah, I said I'd have the belt kind of move around a bit. Mm-hmm. Note, then I said, note, I said a bit WWE creative. I don't want to hot potato it. Have some good views, but right. move it. Um, but so my idea for the whole thing kind of needs a Kaylin. So um, actually, how I would have this is I would have Constable Corbin come down to the ring with KO and be in his corner. Mm-hmm. And at the start of the match, Strowman is going to overpower KO. You know, he's a powerhouse, so most of that's going to be going on. Um, but at some point, Corbin will distract the ref, allowing KO to hit a low blow from the big guy. Because even if you're a big guy, getting hit in the ding-ding's going to hurt real bad. Uh, <laughs> Can hit in the ding-ding? Yeah, oh, that could be right in the so, ding-ding. I mean, think about it, though. Dude gets hit in the balls, he's going to kind of hit his knees, which essentially chops Brown in half. He's half the man he was before he got hit in the ding I'm only half the man um, I was before the ding ding. But so, Kale would go for the pin. I'd actually have Strowman kick out right there, but the ref will eventually get knocked out. And Corbin would put on the ref shirt. And he, learning his lesson from Triple H earlier, uh-huh. does a quick count, gives the briefcase to Kale. Alright, I'll tie it, I'll tie it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So after that, Kale gets the briefcase. I'd actually have Paul Heyman come out. Clapping. He gets on the mic, congratulating whoever won. Case KO. The match. Um, makes Vague's hint at the person cashing in tonight. It's sort of like, oh, one step closer to being Universal Champion. 
<laughs> you could maybe do that in a few hours. I'm more subtly better pulp than me. But you could do that right. now. Right now? Um, <laughs> but um, for one, this makes sense because both Roman and Borg have fucked him. So he's looking for someone else. So he's really interested in this briefcase match. Yeah. Um, perhaps would even go on to... I mean, he doesn't want to see either guy leave Mort or Roman leave the Universal Championship. He's basically middle fingers to both of you. Yeah, fuck both of you guys. So perhaps would even tell whoever won, KO in my case, um, per- perhaps you should not be a fool like Reigns was. Don't don't deny this help. But that's kind of where it would be left. Like, Hayden just comes out, kind of makes his mm-hmm. initial approach to the person is like, I don't know, just think about it. Think about it. Let's sleep on it. Give me a call. Um, so then I have Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what I've said is that Alicia Fox had her arm taped up this past week and got manhandled by Ronda Rousey. I'd play that up a little bit. Um, saying that Alicia can't be ringside because of her injuries. Okay. So Alexa has no one in her corner going up against the baddest woman on the planet. Alexa Bliss is... I like that. I like that she does that. Anyone. So Alexa Bliss is desperate to hang on to her title. So she tries a bunch of almost half-thought-out schemes to try and outsmart Ronda. But she's she's desperate, so they're not good. They're not gonna work. <laughs> so, um, you know, Ronda has an answer for everything Bliss is throwing at her, and Ronda is like a beast finally free from her cage. Got very poetic and drunk at this point. You were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's going crazy whipping Alexa's ass. I just enjoy going back and reading this. I guess. Um, and of course, I would have I would have Ronda win this, and a lot of people probably don't like this idea because you know she's new, she hasn't paid her dues. Or actually, I've read a lot recently that a lot of people are like she's old news after she got her ass kicked in the UFC and stuff like that, and it's like no longer relevant. Like why is WWE pushing her so hard? Um, so first off, my thoughts on this, I I disagree. Regardless of how you feel about Ronda Rousey in the UFC, she did a fucking lot for their women's division. I never ever heard anyone talk about women's fights in the UFC until Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Never heard a dude talk about it until she came in. So she brings a little, she brings an amount of prestige with her name, and she would bring that to the belt simply because of the fact that she is someone who has competed in legit combat sport. Mm-hmm. So we have that going on. Elevates the belt. Maybe yeah. not by a lot in some people's eyes, but it still elevates it. Um and you know, if you ask that, which we've talked about this before, but if you ask the average person who Ronda Rousey is versus someone who, like, Bailey is, uh-huh. more people are going to know who Ronda, Ronda Rousey, Rousey is than Bailey is. Yeah. It's bringing more eyes to your women's division. Um, Definitely. On top of that, which is where I'm getting to your point, where Lex is saying there's only so far you can go. Yes. There's a lot more to be explored with Ronda's WWE persona, and there's only so much you can do right now with Bliss. Like, Rhonda has a lot of options open to her, as far as her persona. Yes. So, um, you know, Bliss is a born heel, and she I don't think she could ever really be a babyface. But there's only so much you can do with her as champion with that. With Rousey, you almost have a chance to explore her being a babyface and then having her turn full heel. She'd make a hell of a heel. Mm-hmm. She would be straight terrifying. She's already terrifying, but yeah, her yeah, being yeah. vicious. Like, but if you can get her to quit coming out and smiling, which I hope they her, I'm gonna fucking kill you faces enough, right? Like she does that, and her looking yeah. Down. But um, 
you have so much more to explore with her, and I feel like explore is a very important word when it comes to the women's division. They need to do things that they wouldn't typically do in that division. People Push people you typically wouldn't. You need to be doing that in yeah. the women's division. Shaking up and... Like, I don't want to see the same cookie-cutter match every time. Be different. Be unsafe. And I feel like with Ronda, that kind of... Maybe not in the biggest way, but it slowly <clears throat> opens your door for that. Yeah. I can see that. Because I feel like, really, to be honest, your belts... <laughs> Bliss has it. Someone will take it off her for a small amount of time. SmackDown, Charlotte will have it. Someone's going to take our offer for a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. We need some variety. Yeah, I agree. So at least as many bad things as you might be able to say about Rhonda, at least she's different. There you go. So, AJ Styles versus Smooch. I'm running out of breath. I'm <laughs> I've got so much to say. Two more matches, and the last one is where everything turns together. Oh. Okay. So, AJ versus Smooch. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my opinion, I think this is going to be a really good match, regardless. Um, I don't even really need to book it. I'm going to book the outcome. So I'd actually have Joe <laughs> win it. What, Katie? But you love AJ. He's going to be on the cover of 2K19. How can you explain this? I know. <laughs> I've got a plan. I've got all the plans. Oh, no, I know that I... <laughs> Joe, but Katie, like... but you love AJ. He's going to be on the cover of 2K19. I know. I like how he reigns. Answering yourself. Makes it more entertaining for me. So, um... I like it. I, like I have it solutions to both of these. I mean, I love Joe, too, so there's that. But, oh. um... So I think this is going to be a wonderful match, and um, I'd have Joe winning via submission with Cooking the Clutch. And the reason I have Joe winning is because I would book this to be a true and wonderful trilogy. Um, I feel yeah. like it's... It's one of the biggest things lacking in this generation of wrestling is having a, just in general, having well-executed wrestling tropes happen. Because, yes, wrestling tropes actually exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of them. The last trilogy we saw, which I think actually didn't even... I think there were like four or five matches, so it's not even a trilogy, though. Yeah. Shinsuke versus AJ. Yeah. And... That one started off really rocky. Uh-huh. I want one that's a true trilogy where all three are classics. Yeah. And I think Joe and AJ could do it. Oh, definitely. So to do that, I think you have to have Joe kind of win first. If yeah. AJ wins, there's no point in having any sort of other match. I won. Get, get out of my way. Yeah. So that's what I do. Joe gets the belt. And then the boys would have a rematch at Hell in a Cell. And guess what? Joe's going to win that too. What? Are you crazy? Joe wins twice in a row? Why would you do that? Yes, yes, I am crazy. He is going to do that. Um, mostly because Joe's had a shitty kind of push, and I think he deserves it. But he's yeah. also not going to win clean this time. Um, it's going to be, at Hell in a Cell, it would be a true heel win with some sort of shenanigans or foul play. Something okay. that would make you question him winning to put the third, the reason for having the third match. Right. Um, so AJ will be having none of this, which will lead him to coming after Joe fiercely. He's an animal in hinge, and he fights his way back to the top. And they face off at the Super Showdown in Australia, which is the day after 2K19 is released. I keep forgetting about the Australia thing. It is released October 5th. The Super Show happens October 6th. AJ takes it back October 6th. 6th? 6th? 
October 6th, which is going to generate way more buzz around AJ in the video game than it would if AJ just retained the whole way through. Oh. That's going to get your video game sales up. And all of them. What? What? I got this. Nice. Plus, I mean, Joe and AJ have a long, wonderful wrestling history. History, yeah. Let's add to that. And, I mean, it's going to garner AJ more buzz, too, because you just... I'd have them literally almost run through, not the entire roster, but the entire upper card. Mid-upper card. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, oh, this guy, I'm coming with a video game, he's fucking beating all these guys. Mm-hmm. Have him build up wins. Yeah. Thanks, Marcel. What? What? Alright. <laughs> so guys, I did the, un- the unthinkable. I saved Brock versus Roman. Oh. Tell us how. Uh, there's I a lot going know. on in this game. I need to know. So, last match of the night. So, WWE has been teasing a Paul Heyman turn on board. I've mm-hmm. used this the entire night to create a ruse to create the ultimate swerve. Swerve. Oh. Oh. So fans are so already swerving. going into this with low expectations. Use that. They're not thinking much of this match. This yeah. gives you an opportunity to make it something. <laughs> Take the opportunity. If their expectations are down here, even if you put on a half-decent match, you can raise them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine that! Don't give them the shit they're expecting. Um, so, in general, and I feel like this has also been a weird theme of my booking, there's a lot of wrestling histories that writers just don't see or mm-hmm. understand how to incorporate. Mm-hmm. But they need to do that. If you're having a shitty feud, you can do this very easily. I thought about this maybe 30 minutes at work, and came up with a solution. 30 minutes. Just think about it. Just think about some things, guys. <laughs> um... So, with that being said, um, the actual match, uh, which they would never do this, but this is Katie's fantasy booking, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you can do it. So I'd have the actual match be a real slobber knocker. Like, secretly I want them throwing <laughs> potatoes at each other. Like, I want Bork hitting Roman, and I want Roman hitting Bork. Because right. I like to imagine they hit each other that much. Um, but, you know, each man getting taken to his limit, and then Paul Heyman during this time keeps looking up the ramp. Almost as if he's like, are they going to come out? got to cash in? What's going uh-huh. on? Um, and then suddenly, the lights go out. <gasps> Gong! Guess who's back? It's Undertaker. Oh my god. So, the lights come back on, Paul <laughs> Heyman is laid out at the side of the ring. Okay. Undertaker is in the ring. He's there, because this is a match between both men that beat him at WrestleMania. Oh. The of the dead man would surely not forget. Tombstones and choke slams all around. Both men are laid out in the ring, and the Undertaker stares at his masterpiece that he's created. He's like, yes. Okay. Yes, this is good. <laughs> Um, it is good. So this is where the whole KO Brown thing comes in. So at this point, I booked KO to win, so I would have KO come and cash in at this point. KO's heel character just kind of lends itself to picking off the scraps of an assault sort of thing. Gotcha. Cash in, win. Now this is where I have my premises. If Brown were to win and cash in, I would honestly have Undertaker sort of tip his cap, shake his hand, or give him a nod. Some sort of indication that he's passing the torch to Brown as the next big scary dude. Because as much as everyone gotcha. wants to just say at WrestleMania where he fought Roman that that was the passing of the torch, no, no one enjoyed no. that. No, this that was this is someone that's actually oh shit, someone that's actually over that the mm-hmm. fans like that the Undertaker mm-hmm. should pack pass pass the torch to. Yeah, it makes sense. So I'd have some sort of moment between them. Yeah. <laughs> Literally in front of the seat, I was like, although let's. 
I was like, Brown may not have the same supernatural element. And then in parentheses, I was like, although let's not forget that he was in a weird swamp cult family, a.k.a. the Wyatt family, LOL. That's true. That <laughs> um, is true. He does have that history. But like, We I don't, don't, I don't like to talk about it, but it's there. We don't bring it up. It's there. But he is the big intimidating man that no one really wants to wrestle because they're afraid of him, just mm-hmm. like Undertaker was. Yeah. So to me, that's more of a passing of a torch than it is between him and Roman. Oh, it's more of a passing of a torch between him and anybody. Yeah, it makes more sense to me. So yeah. That's how I do that. So, anywho, this is where, this is where it all ties together. So, anywho, KO wins the cash-in, and the next night on Raw, Stephanie and Triple H come out to congratulate him. They talk about how Roman and Bork are not what the company needs, and KO is. They also let it slip out that it only took one anonymous phone call to a dead man to get this all to happen, mm-hmm. insinuating that they were the ones that kind of put it in Undertaker's head. Like, hey, you you remember when you lost both your matches at WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know those guys are fighting tonight? <laughs> um, yeah, but, what, so, yeah. this explains for one why Undertaker was at the pay-per-view, besides the obvious grudge holding and stuff like that. Right. And it also begins your setup for Triple H versus Undertaker at the Super Showdown in Australia, which actually is already booked. It's already a match. Gotcha. So, so it actually makes more sense. Yes. It's not just having Undertaker randomly show up and feud with Triple H. Right. There's a reason. And it spices up this terrible match that's going to happen at SummerSlam. Oh, I just dropped That's a lot of things. That's a lot of things. Maybe a mic drop. I'm going to get you a plastic microphone. Please do. Okay. So you don't. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I gotta go pee. I am so proud of that. Uh, that's fucking, that's awesome. That was incredible. I thought about so much and tied so many things into that and was just like, yes. Yeah, and, well, and the thing that made it really just all goes together to something that they already have booked. Like, it's, it's already, like, it's like WWE made the pretty package box with the lid with the pretty bow that was already tied and you just put all the good shit in the box. Like, that was good. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. (laughs) All right. I'm winded after that. (laughs) Well, that was Katie's manifesto for SummerSlam. I almost said WrestleMania. Almost. WrestleMania Junior. I also almost called it WWF SummerSlam. (laughs) WWF SummerSlam. Oh, shit. So, yes, that is my thoughts, my fantasy bookings. Um, it's going to be way better than anything that might have actually happened. (laughs) 